I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into Critical Thinking, a Friday edition of the show. Mr. Pat Oni, things look a little different uh, here today. We're trying out some new technology. We'll see what's going on. Um let us know what you think, what you like, what you don't like. Um, it'll it'll be a, an interesting experience. Um, we are at 75 executive orders, if you can see that on your screen right now. Biden's executive orders are at 75. That means we've had two since the last time that we were together, Pat. Um, anything of interest that we should note? Well, yeah, actually, um, I, I, I thought, you know, one, at least one of them was uh, rather comical. Uh, number 74, transforming federal customer experience and service delivery to rebuild trust in government. Say what? Uh, huh? Um, I don't know that this administration can rebuild trust in government at this point. Um, and then number 75 uh, was imposing sanctions on foreign persons involved in global illicit drug trade. So, in other words, we have an executive order that... Um, is more about the war on drugs. And then we have another executive order that's like, trust us, please trust us. Question for you, Pat. Y- yes. Um, foreign people in the illicit drug trade. Uh-huh. Isn't that already illegal? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. W- what do we need this order for? Um... Well, I mean, in fairness, this probably wasn't uh, exclusively done by uh, Joe Biden himself. It was probably coming from some sort of bureaucrat or handler that uh, either he owed a favor to or he was just told to do it. 
is my guess. That's my guess. I don't get it. I don't, I don't either. It makes no sense. I will. It makes no sense at all. Of course, we've got the Friday Fish Fry coming up later in the show. We will crown a brand new Richard of the Week as well. All of that coming your way very, very soon. But before we do that, this is the last Friday edition of the show for the year. So before we get into our best and worst of the week and all of that wonderful goodness, um, we're going to lay out kind of what's going on. So next week, we're going to have regular shows up until Friday. Uh, we're going to do our regular show all the way up to Christmas Eve. Um, but we're also going to feature some of our best and worst of the year in, in different ways. We're going to talk about our favorite stories, our top stories, and then we're going to predict into the future for 2022. And then the week between Christmas and New Year's, uh, we're doing four shows, right, Pat? We yes. had talked about doing five, but let's be honest. Um, who's listening to the radio on December 31st? Not Nobody. me. Because, especially because, you know, in our world, December 31st means what, Pat? Um, College football it, playoff. Well, yeah. Well, there, there, there's that. And I was going to say uh, Andrew Coppins gets drunk off his ass. No. <laughs> no, I, I, I get to celebrate the anniversary of my first date with my now wife. Oh, New Year's Eve date, huh? Mm-hmm. One of the most ballsy dates of all time. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know if I've ever told that story on air. I don't think you ever told that. I, I don't even think I know that story. So. Um, the year was 2014 heading into 2015 and, um, my now wife and I had been talking off and on, uh, online. Uh, we had met through a dating app, um, not Tinder, not Grindr, you sick individuals out there. That's, that's funny because my wife and I actually met via Tinder. Mm, nice. Nothing wrong with a good online meeting. Um, we're not the only ones, by the way. Uh, our really good friends, um, Kevin and Tosh, um, they also met on the same website and are also married. And um, anyway, um, so we we have been messaging back and forth. Um, my mother, um, I had gone back home to help her after recuperating from uh, from a, a major surgery for uh, breast cancer and some radiation and stuff like that. So I had went home to help and you know, take care of the house and, and all that sort of stuff um, to help make sure that my mom didn't have to do any of that um, while she's recovering, just focus on recovery and, and radiation treatment and all that stuff. Right. But in the meantime, I, um, I've been chatting back and forth with this girl who happened to be a Packer fan. Um, and so we got to talking back and forth and, um, you know, we kind of decided, Hey, why not? Let's, let's give it a shot. Right. And we were both like, what are you doing for New Year's? What are you doing for New Year's? Neither of us had plans. Well, let's try to get together. And then we both realized, wait, it's the week of New Year's Eve. Good luck getting a reservation anywhere, right? So my now wife invited me over to her apartment for home-cooked lasagna dinner. 
It was all over after that. Then, um, the funniest part, by the way, Pat, is there was a screenshot of my picture and my phone number sent to her friends, and I did the same thing, right, to my friends. By the way, if I uh, don't come back, <laughs> you know, like thinking back on it, like that that took some balls, right? Invite somebody you've never met over to your home for a home-cooked meal on December 31st on New Year's Eve. And then as we were chit-chatting and things were going good, right, um, we were going to meet up with some of her friends, only to discover that they were in line at, at um, some bar here in, in uh, Chicago. And they had already been waiting for about a half hour. And this was already like 1030. Like, do we really want to do that? So instead, she's like, well, have you ever been to this um, Packer bar near my home called Will's Northwoods Inn? Uh, I hadn't missed a Packer game at Will's all season. Like, yeah, I, I, I've heard of it. <laughs> so we went there and all the bartenders knew who I was, right? And she's like, what is going on? <laughs> so we went and it wasn't packed. It wasn't busy. Nothing. Like we got a table or like a high top table. We were able to sit down, relax, enjoy the DJ and enjoy midnight together. Um, so that was our first date. Home cooked lasagna meal and hanging out at the Packer bar. The rest is history. So so in other words, you, you had a re- relatively because um, when you the way I see, it, you know, when you go over to someone's house on a first date, that's a relatively intimate first date absolutely absolutely is like that can go one of two ways either really well or a complete disaster i don't think there's anywhere in between no 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 there's not and and i met my wife in a very similar fashion because like i said we met over tinder and the first time i met her in person i went to her apartment and i'm like this could go either really well or really bad i will know in about two hours yep Mm -hmm. so yeah it was uh, all she wrote after that. All she wrote. Here we are going on eight years later, <laughs> married, uh, have a house together, you know. So, so kids at home, adults at home, don't be afraid to be courageous. Don't be afraid to try something that's out of the norm, right? Right. You'd never know when you're going to or whom it will be with that you finally meet that one person for you. So um, that, that's a good message that I think Pat and I both share, right? I mean, you never know. Exactly. So take the chance, take the opportunities, seize the day, seize the carp, as they like to say. Well, what what's worse is, you know, you know Tinder works, right? Swipe right, swipe yeah. left. Mm-hmm. Lots. Um, you swipe was, left. No, um, she almost swiped left, um, oh. but she didn't. I actually was working two jobs at the time and I was so sick of the date. So I joined Tinder just for the hell of it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I didn't think anything serious would ever come from it. And I literally just swiped right a bunch of times. I didn't even care anymore. And we matched and all of a sudden she starts talking to me. And the next thing I know we chatted for like on, on Tinder for like two weeks before we met. 
Yeah, it was close to a month because I didn't go home until after Thanksgiving that year. Uh. Um, and then I think we talked for another couple of weeks after that before we set up our date. Fair enough. Because then I went home for Christmas, too. So uh, and then came back afterwards. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, it is it is a incredible story to be able to tell. Right. Like, what are the odds? What are the chances of that working out? Slim to none, right? And, right. And we got those slim odds. So, um, yeah, just let that be a lesson to you kids out there. It be only great. has to work once. Yes, exactly. It only has to work once. Don't don't give up out there. You know, just you never know when you're going to find love around the corner or, you know, between two Packer fans or whatever, you know, in a in a in a strange and um, new city, because I had only been in Chicago at that point living there for about a year. So um, that all aside, Pat, it is time for our best and worst of the week. So I'm going to have you start with your worst of the week. I want to get the bad stuff out of the way here. All right, then. My worst of the week is going to be the CDC endorses advisory panel's recommendation expressing preference for the mRNA COVID vaccine over the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Why, you ask? Well, (laughs) you see, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, even though it's a one-and-done kind of deal, it's caused problems with blood clots, mostly in women. There have been a few men, but it's been pretty rare. And there have been a few cases of, well, death. Why is this the worst story for me? Why are we endorsing an mRNA vaccine that has also, well, had adverse side effects over another vaccine that has also had some adverse side effects? and also caused death that makes zero sense to me so you are you are endorsing <laughs> two vaccines that cause problems for mm-hmm. some people and that have caused death for some people over another vaccine that does mm, kind of the same thing well we also know that the johnson and johnson number 1 has had Almost zero efficacy. Zero. I mean, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of it, there are known cardiac issues with the vaccine from Johnson & Johnson, like a very high rate of cardiovascular issues. Mm. The The rate with the mRNA vaccinations is far, far less. Okay? We're talking like sub 1%. Okay? So... You yes, you are still taking those uh, those chances, right? Right. And I get it. Um, the problem that I have, though, and I think the reason why this is the worst story of the week, well, one of my contenders for the worst story of this week, is that the New York Times, Pat. I don't know if you saw this, but the New York Times published a headline talking about the the cardiac issues, right? They they, right. they talked about Johnson Johnson or the other two, the mRNA vaccines, um, Moderna and Pfizer being recommended and Johnson and Johnson delisted basically, right? And then put in because why, right? 
less than six hours later, that part of the headline was gone. And that brings me to part one of my two part worst of the week. Um, because I can't not do the second part. Um, but my worst of the week is the absolute blatant disregard for truth seeking by the media this week. The absolute, like, they just flat out lie. Like, it's not even a, we're going to flower around the truth, or or we're going to try to put a rosy spin on something, right? It's not even that anymore. They're just flat out lying to the American public. Flat out. And this is part of it, right? Why, Why do you erase that part of the headline? Because it does what? It dissuades people from taking the vaccination, right? And right. you can't do that if you are part of the government agitprop, right? If you are part of their propaganda machine, which we know that they are, because we've had reports of them literally being taken into a room and told what to do. Not a, I'm going to contact you to try to push a flower story, right? I'm going to try to push a rosy colored story so that you can cover that story versus the bad story. There's a difference between that, right? The job of a press secretary is to try to frame a story the way that would work in their favor, right? Regardless of whom we're talking about, if that's a company, if that is an individual's brand, if that is whatever, right? That's the press secretary's job. But there's a difference between that and then outright, you're going to report this. And we know it because Biden continued with the lies this week. Not even not even half-truths, not even three-quarters-truths, just blatant lies about the vaccinations, a.k.a. the jabs. We know it. So that's part one, okay, is the absolute lies that were told this week by the media. We, it isn't even a case of you can't trust them because they're going to slant the news. It's now, they're just making bleep up. They're just making it up. And we also know this because how they covered Adam Schiff. Did you see anything on CNN, MSNBC, uh, you know, any of the, the legacy media this week about what Adam Schiff told? Nope. And most people don't even know what I'm talking about. I am talking about Adam Schiff uh, during a committee meeting for the January 6th insurrection. Made up, copy-pasted, left out a bunch of stuff that made it seem like Jim Jordan and a bunch of other people were talking about um, the riots. And it's just bad. <clears throat> they literally just, he just decided to cut out parts of conversations and then copy and paste other parts of conversations together to form one alleged text message from Jim Jordan. They what? literally made a story up. 
and put it into the record in the January 6th committee. They're making it all up. And we and this goes back to what we had talked about about a week ago, right, on uh, Wednesday. We didn't get to do January 6th Part 2, which we're going to try to do be around January 6th, by the way. But, Pat, we had talked about in the first part, right, that there's now an allegation that they literally made up bits and pieces of conversations that never could have happened during January 6th between the D.C. mayor, the secretary of the army, the secretary of defense, and all these people supposedly involved, except for half of these people weren't there. And if they were, they were silent partners in that. We literally see that happen. To, in our government, we have our government making it up, our media not even covering that information, let alone challenging them on it. And oh, by the way, we're also making it up as we go along, alongside them. We can't even, when you talk about chaos, when you talk about insanity when you talk about all of these things this is the chaos you where do you turn pat where where do you turn because it isn't just that i couldn't trust the government and what they're telling me i can't trust media and that includes us right how do you trust us how do you trust what we are telling you how do you now i would suggest you shouldn't i suggest that when we talk about a subject you go look for the information for yourself But I want you to think about that. That's the chaos that is in front of us every single day right now. I have no idea if what the hell they're talking about is even close or remotely true. So how do I work myself up? How do I, how do I meander through life, right? How do I even go from day to day and function and, and understand what is in front of me on a basic level? If I know that basic information is being made up out of whole cloth by the people that are supposed to set the agenda, if you will. I guess that's the thing. I don't, I don't think you can, I don't, I don't think you can trust these idiots ever again. I mean, hell we have an executive order. This is, this is how bad the trust in media and in government has gotten is that we have to have an executive order on customer experience experience in service delivery to rebuild trust in government to rebuild trust in government mm -hmm. well okay so if you would you know had been honest with us in the first place mm -hmm. maybe we actually would trust the government mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe if you actually i don't know followed the constitution and actually protected individual liberty and protected people's rights like you're supposed to do Maybe there would actually be some trust there, but they don't do that. Instead, we have Adam Shifty Chef, and he's he's earning the, more than earned that name at this point, picking and pulling things and putting them together to make it look like something more nefarious was going on than what actually happened among certain members of Congress. Yeah. Who happened to be, by the way, more of the MAGA forever type people mm -hmm. and so anyone that is related to that i mean they've, they've got to go down 
hard, right? Like, like we can't have them in Congress anymore because we can't have any remnants of Donald Trump whatsoever. That's what this is about. This is about making sure that Donald Trump can never run again because they know how bad this, this administration has been. They, they've got to make sure that no one can ever trust anyone that's ever been a, a remotely a MAGA forever type supporter mm-hmm. ever again. I mean, this is basically trying to kick a people and kick a man while he's down and making sure that they can never get back up again because they don't want to put up with the last four years. Again, they want to use their own agenda and move their own agenda forward. That's what this all boils back down to. I don't disagree with you, but I'm just talking about if you're a person who is some, let's just put it this way. If you are somebody who just wants to go about living life, right? And you don't care about politics. You don't care about that. We are talking about that level of lying. We're talking about literally living in an alternative reality. And if you just pay attention to the surface news, right? Just the surface level of stuff. It isn't even a reality, right? It, there's no sense of reality there. It is literally an alternative universe, an alternate universe that is going on. If you pay attention on any level, how, how do you go about protecting your family? How do you go about, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I don't know how you do it. If you don't have the realization that you are being lied to, I don't understand how you could possibly function, right? If you don't seek out alternatives to what is being, you know, forced down our throats, right? Unless you are critically thinking all the time and it's exhausting. And I think that's the point, right? They're going to just exhaust you. They're going to beat you down with lies and manipulations until you submit. Until you submit. And guess what? More and more people are saying no mas to all of that. And that's my best story this week. And we'll get into that in just a second. So we have talked about the worst of the week and the lies and the manipulation and how do you get over it. But there's been some positives this week, even though it's been really tough for me to find, um, considering some of the things that I've been going through and, um, you know, all of that wonderful goodness. But um, let's just say this. Um, Pat, why don't you start with your best of the week? My best of the week is going to be coming from... Papa Elon, <clears throat> and by Papa Elon, I mean Elon Musk, um, because Elon Musk calls Elizabeth Warren, Senator Karen, and taxes Twitter feud. So for those that don't know, know this story, um, Elizabeth Pocahontas, Pocahontas Warren uh, decided to go after Elon Musk and, and tell him to uh, you know pay his taxes, even though you know, he probably has a really good accountant that, you know, helps him have uh, having to avoid from paying taxes every year because, you know, he uh, has a business and has all sorts of deductions and whatnot. Right. And, you know, he's also in the top 1%. So 
he's got to pay his fair share, according to Focahontas. Well, instead of minding her own business, um, this provoked Elon Musk to come back and call her Senator Karen Warren, which I found absolutely hysterical. Um, and it actually provoked a response from Joy Reid, which we'll, we'll get into here shortly. Um, but uh, this this did not not sit well with uh, Focahontas, not at all. And but it's just it's just funny because he was not taking crap from someone that shouldn't even care. And, and you know it's funny because Elon Musk gets a ton of crap from like all sides. Yeah. By the way, mm-hmm. because oh my God, Tesla took advantage of the government program that's in front of them. Yeah. The, the the reality as a business is, are you really not going to do that? He, he here's the thing. You're right. Here's the thing. He's a very self interested guy. Um, in terms because, of in terms of his business. Hang on a second. Hang on mm-hmm. a second, though. I want you to think about this, America. And this is the pro- uh, pro- problem that I have with all of this. Okay. The biggest problem I have with all of this, Pat. When we talk about this, is what is Elon Musk's responsibility? It is to his shareholders, right? It ain't to you. It isn't to your your left wing, your right wing, your libertarian politics. Nothing. It is to make sure that he is satisfying his shareholders. And if the government is going to be handing out candy, are you not taking that candy? As a so, for instance, um, what business doesn't hire an accountant to do their taxes? Okay, a dumb one, right? Why? Because you're going to take advantage of every single loophole that you possibly can to pay the least amount that you possibly can in taxes, right? Right. This is the exact same thing. It ticks me off to no end. Now, could I? agree with the concept of we shouldn't be putting these things in place the government shouldn't be trying to pick winners and losers we should have a free and open economy free from encumbrance by the government yeah i can agree with you there but to suggest that while the game is in front of us that you don't play the game is insane and this game was put into place by people like Elizabeth freaking Warren. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we must accelerate what? The government's clause in EVs, right? In electric vehicles. This is what right. this is all about. This is why this was all created. We're going to incentivize our, our switch to electric vehicles. And the funniest part I hear from the right right now is, well, well, um, um, you're going to get rid of the, the Dodge Hemi V8, right? Well, did you know that the Tesla can go from 0 to 60 on its top end? Like its high-end Tesla can go to 0 to 60 in less than two seconds? And it can generate over 1,000 horsepower like that? So for all of your muscle, all of your V8 engine, all that stuff, ironically, the harnessing of the battery power within an electric vehicle makes these things much more powerful vehicles. 
much more fun to drive, FYI. Do you get the, the roar of the engine and all that stuff? No, they're quieter. Whatever. Who cares? It's about the speed, right? It's about the power of the engine, right? That's what you're attracted to of the American muscle car of the 60s and 70s, right? Say, isn't it about the thrill? Right. Do you not have a thrill of going zero to 60 in two seconds? Sometimes progress is good. Now, are we there? No, we're not all the way there. We aren't. Because right now, it takes forever to charge a car, and you can't go long distances, right? You just can't. You couldn't do a cross-country trip with an EV. You just couldn't, at least but, practically speaking. But we're getting there. That's the thing. We're Slowly getting there. Surely. So, mm-hmm. you know, one of the, the ironic things that I, that I think about here when we're thinking about EVs, Pat, not to go too far the, down the rabbit hole, but when we're thinking about this, one of the things that I think about is what does the gas station of the future look like, right? Because right now the gas station is I'm going to go grab a soda and you got all the snacks and all that stuff there, right? And, and you're quickly going to, to pump the gas. Maybe it takes you five minutes, right? If that. You're in yeah. and out of the station. See you later, right? What if the gas station of the future is a restaurant? You 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 go and sit down for thirty minutes, like a fast food restaurant, right? Like a like a In and Out Burger or whatever those types of places, right? You you're they go and you've got all these EV charging stations, and you go and have a meal for twenty minutes, and your car is now fully charged. I'll I'll take you a step further because like I, I think you're right. I think that, that it would look something just like that. Maybe but it's us that has to adjust and not necessarily the technology. Now the technology is getting better, but to your point. To my point, um what you know where gas stations are gonna have to fundamentally change, right? Totally. And we probably, haven't experienced at a gas station yesterday, but go ahead. But but at the same time, what is every um American homeowner going to look like what is their garage going to look like are you gonna have a charging station within your garage right well, and, and i intimately understand this entire concept because mm. this is what my previous employer was working on pre-pandemic what does a parking garage look like of the future right right parking garage of the future is actually probably your amazon drop point your charging station um retail um all that stuff all shoved into one Right, you can get your car washed while charging the vehicle while doing all these things, right? And then when you get out of work, your vehicle's fully charged. When you do this, it's fully charged, and you pay by the hour, but you're also going to charge your vehicle, or you're going to allow Amazon to come in and and do that service. And oh, by the way, it's going to find you the best value automatically. Your car will find it for you. That's what we are working on or were working on when I was there. But also, how do we make sure that you are protected from fraud in that transaction, right? How are right. you protected? How how do we make everything as seamless as possible? All you have to do, what we were working on and what they're still working on there, is how do you go from I get into my car to the parking garage and you never once have to roll down a window or pick a spot? It just knows. Okay, so you're, you're going to tell the car, I need to park from this time to this time. It will automatically know what is the most efficient place for you to park your vehicle, and it will send you directly there without you ever knowing. Um, and don't, don't have to do anything other than input some basic information. 
into the vehicle. That's it. it we're our lives in 10 years when it comes to that part of our economy and that part of our lives are going to look way different. Mm-hmm. Way, way different. What you picture in your brain right now as to, we're going to have to retrain ourselves and that's fine. And, and, I, and I talk about this a lot with other people. How the hell did we get from the train to the car? Right? How did we get from, we had to retrain ourselves as a society to understand how we interact, right? Because we were cool with um, with interstate travel via train, right? You right. could go from one side of the country to the other. It took you for freaking ever to do so, right? Yes. In a train. Then along came the car and improved our speed of transportation. Along came the airplane. Along came all of these other inventions, right? Guess what? It's going to change. Either you can embrace change in a positive light. I'm not talking about embracing negative change. I'm not talking about embracing change that kills your life or kills liberty or anything like, like that. Right now, unfortunately, you are tethered to having to figure out how far you can really go, where you can go to get a fast charge and all those things. Until we get to the point where you don't have to think about that, it's just an automatic, we're not ready to to make that change. Now, if you're in a city like Chicago, absolutely, it's easy, right? But if you live in, in you know Timbuktu, how easy is it? Not. It's not. At all. So we're not quite there with the infrastructure. But my point on all of this is we have to realize that things are going to change and that Elon Musk and Ravinian um, and and other people are on the forefront of all of this. And it's going to change whether you like it or not. Just like I'm not getting on that stupid Internet. Hmm? Are you? Are you not? How many people said they were going to get on social media? Right. How many people are? I don't need a stupid smartphone. Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. How much has changed? And you can either embrace it and fit it into your life as you see fit or get left in the dust. That's the reality. But my best story of this week, Pat, is a really simple one. Congratulations to the Wisconsin Badger Women's Volleyball Program. You are going to the national championship on Saturday. That's right. We could have a national champion in uh, Cardinal and White. Uh, um, I have a question, though. Yeah. Who are you playing? Nebraska. It's an all-Big Ten final. Really? Uh, Big Ten is the best conference for women's volleyball in the country, by far. By far. How about that? Yeah, I mean... Penn State is good. Ohio State's pretty good. Um, Wisconsin, Minnesota's had an all right program. Um, Michigan State's been okay for a little bit. Uh, Nebraska's been very good. Iowa's had a good volleyball program. I mean, there's seven or eight teams that are just phenomenal in the conference. Do you, do you know who who often brags about their uh, volleyball program? Stanford. BYU. Actually, I was going to go with BYU. Yeah, I mean, they have a good good program, too. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, Wisconsin met them, I think, in a Final Four or Elite Eight a few years ago, actually. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're going for a national championship on Saturday in an all-Big Ten affair. Um, so, the Heartland Trophy, a.k.a. Nebraska-Wisconsin, not really on the line in this. That's the football game. But, uh, yeah, it'll be very interesting uh, to see what happens here. But, um, yeah, congratulations to the Wisconsin women's volleyball program to get to the national championship. It'll happen on Saturday night. So I'll be cheering them on. That's about as good as my week got. Let's just put it that way. All right. So with all of that out of the way, um, Pat, I think it is time for us to have a little bit of fun. That's right. It is time for us to play the B or not the B. Hit me with that headline, please, and thank you. Are you sure you're ready for the headline? No, I'm never ready. Okay. Well, fair enough. Today's headline study defunding police leads to increasing funding of police study defunding police leads to increased funding of police. Is this the B or not the B that is the question. And while you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins folks, it's still the weekend. It's still football season. I know it's cold outside. Um, I know Christmas is coming. You might need some extra room in that fridge. New Year's is coming. Also might need some extra room in that fridge if you're hosting a uh, New Year's Eve party. All you got to do is a very simple solution. By going to catcoolers.com, using the promo code Mojo50, getting 10% off your purchase on a great, what I would consider to be an industrial-grade cooler, because um, they keep your food and drinks cold for up to seven days. Now, granted, it is winter time, and you know it's getting cold outside. And I don't know what it's like there in Chicago, but it's been pretty frigid here. Got lots of snow on the ground here in Utah. But uh, um, if you're if you're not in one of those places, getting a cat cooler, putting mm-hmm. some ice in, heck, even if you are in the winter time, putting it right outside your garage. It'll really stay cold. Might even it'll probably even stay cold for even longer than seven days with this weather. But uh, just go to catcoolers.com. Use the promo code Mojo Five O. Get a great cat cooler today. Um, get ten percent off that purchase by using the promo code Mojo Five O. Again, it's catcoolers.com. Promo code Mojo Five O. Get ten percent off your purchase today. Study defunding police leads to increased funding of police. Andrew Coppins, is this the B or not the B? Um, this is hard because it could be either one, right? But um, I'm gonna go with not the B on this one. Are you sure? Not totally sure, but uh, if you if you think about what's been going on, and and we're, I think we're gonna talk about this in a little bit when we talk about our Richard of the Week nominees. Um, I'm gonna go with not the B. Final answer. Sure. This is the Babylon Bee. Okay. You you really got a case of the yips again, don't there, don't you? Um, <clears throat> a national study on defunding the police just concluded, and it has a surprising result. The defunding of police tends to lead to a massive increase in funding of the police. It was an astonishing result, and said social science scientist Candace Wells. But every time a city defunded police, that was soon followed by a massive, almost exorbitant increase in funding. 
The defund police movement was popular cause amongst the far left, especially among elite whites who lived in gated communities and the exceptionally dumb. Poor communities whom it would most affect tended to be more tepid about the idea, but who also listened to them. The idea was also very popular among other groups, though. Defunding the police is a great idea, said Tommy the Snake Lucas, a career criminal. I wish cities that did it would stick with it. The study has shown, though, that something happened happens soon as cities defund, the, defund police that would lead to a complete reversal with an almost desperate increase in police funding. We're not sure exactly what, Wells said, but there seems to be a high correlation. This result can be seen in San Francisco, where after, after being lax on petty crime, Mayor London Breed has decided to increase police funding. Take this, buy bullets, said Breed, tossing stacks of cash at police. Alrighty then. Um, so um, it appears Mr. Padoni has uh, lost power. Um I'm not sure if he lives in California, but I'm guessing London Breed heard what he had to say. So we're going to move forward on the show. I will finish out today's episode. And um, with that, um, we are going to go ahead and crown our Richard of the Week. And if you are curious as to the Richard of the Week, well, um, it is our attempt to say you be a giant Richard. So our four nominees this week. Number one, Jim Cramer, the CNBC madman host, letting us all know that government has a right to, quote, force you to obey and has always exercised it, especially under the GOP. We also have um, San Francisco Mayor London Breed. Uh, we also have Joy Reid, MSNBC host. And by the way, the San Francisco host or the San Francisco mayor, I think you get the point. She was at the forefront of the defund the police movement. And well, now that high end retail stores, a.k.a. the uh, places that pay the most in um, taxes to the city are being absolutely devastated with smash and grab uh, gangs out there. Um, yeah, now suddenly, oh, 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 So London Breed, Jim Cramer, we've also got our Lord, Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and my piece de resistance, Adam Schiff, of course, who we talked about earlier in this show. But the winner has got to be Jim Cramer. What in the absolute blue hell are you talking about? The government does not have a right to force you to obey. The government has no right to do that. The government does have a right to make you pay should you disobey. There's two different things. And only if the government has a rule that says if you disobey XYZ law, you get to be punished however we see fit. That, my friends, is just the reality of the situation. Jim freaking Kramer, you are a Richard. 
Now, we are going to go ahead and move forward, and we are going to go with the last Friday fish fry of the year. That's right. This is the final time we're going to do this. And first up, we got to talk about this one. Florida man kicked off of a United flight for using underwear as mask in protest. That's right. A United Airlines flight in Florida. The guy was kicked off the flight. You can see Jenny's bright red underwear hanging on his face as he gets walked off the plane in the video taken by another passenger. He says he was trying to show why the rule doesn't make sense to him. There's nothing more absurd than A, having to wear a mask till I get to cruising altitude so that I can order Tito's by the double and snack on pretzels and illustrating that absurdity by wearing women's underwear on my face. Sounds perfect. Shortly after Jenny left, other passengers started to speak up. Did he just get kicked off for wearing a mask? This man then chose to leave the flight as well. I'm out of here. Forget me. I'm out of here. Jenny says several passengers ended up getting off the plane to support him. Thank you to them because they saw something, an injustice, something that didn't make sense, and they stood up. Afterwards, Jenny received this email from United Airlines saying he's now banned from United flights until his case has been reviewed by the Passenger Incident Review Committee. Jenny says he still feels like he was in the right. Your rights end where mine begin. And you don't get to tell me how I conduct myself. Let's just say this. This individual is one of my heroes. Now, the great part of this story, the best part of this entire story. What is it? It's not just that this man protested. It's not that he got kicked off the plane for said protest. It is that nearly every single person on this plane said, are you kidding me? And walked off the plane in protest. And earlier this year, folks, Pat and I talked to you about this. How does this stop? It stops when we let it stop. When we say, uh-uh, no more. And so this could be my best story of the week. But really, United? Really? You're, you're, you're going to kick him off the plane. And your inconsistent enforcement of the rules, by the way, Maxine Waters also should have been in that Richard of the Week category, speaking of uh, plane incidents this week. Because Auntie Maxine thinks that, um, by the way, you and me have to follow the rules, but not, not her, not her. Nope, 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 nope. She was filmed, caught on film, caught on Snapchat, um, reading a newspaper, dozing off, doing whatever the hell she wanted to do, and oh, by the way, kicking off somebody uh, so that she could have a window seat in a flight from D.C. to Los Angeles this week. That's right. She doesn't have to wear a mask, even though she earlier this year claimed that if you weren't, you were killing people. But we all know that anti-Maxine is full of crap. We all know that anti-Maxine doesn't care about anybody but anti-Maxine and her bottom dollar. We all know that. But I look at this as a hugely positive overall story because what happened after United kicked him off the plane, right? The people said, screw you to United. 
bravo to them. More people are doing this. We've had, what, a third of all of the counties in New York tell Kathy Hochul, the uh, interim governor, screw you. They're not enforcing the mask mandate. We've had people all over the country say no mas to all this stuff. And I'm not saying that if you want to wear a mask, you shouldn't you shouldn't have that ability. Go right on ahead. No skin off my back. I don't care. What? How dare you force other people to do that as well? The mask mandates are useless. They're pointless. Completely and utterly pointless in all aspects. But we finally are starting to see this over and over and over and over again. Enough, enough, enough. So congratulations to those people on that United flight. But my question to Southwest, my question to American Airlines, my question is, while you're, you're saying the right things, what are you doing about it? Are you defying the federal mask mandate? No, they're still going to require that to happen, even though you say it's not worthwhile. How about you start defying too? How about you say, no, we're not going to do this anymore? How about you take a lead? How about you tell us in your actions that you support freedom, that you support scientifically based evidence? Because the reality is that science is always moving, right? We, we talk about that all the time. What we know today to be true might not be true tomorrow. And what we know tomorrow to be true might not be true the next day. But what we can know is that this is this is as basic a level of, of scientific study as possible. And what we do know from that study is what? All the studies point out that masks, especially the cloth variety, do abso-freaking-lutely nothing. More importantly, when you're in the air, any mask is worse. So... Are you going to step up to the plate like your passengers have been stepping up to the plate? That's my question. And with that, folks, I hope you have a great weekend. To the Peters, to the Watoon family, my heart, my soul goes out to you in your time of loss. Jake, we love you. We will miss you. And uh, this world is not going to be the same without you. On that note, please be smart, be safe, be kind, have a good weekend. And Matthew 547.